this is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is a look ahead to the season opener with you and I with former Cyclone All-American and a big part of our Cyclone Radio Network, Ben Bruns. We'll summarize camp and the positive vibe that seems to be surrounding this football team heading into week one. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Ben Bruns. Ben, what was this uh, week like as a player? I've heard Matt Campbell talking a lot about wanting to see how this group responds to this challenge. And we talked privately the other day about how he, you know, it's just kind of an awkward week because camp's done and then classes start, but you're just, the anticipation's building for that game. What was this week like when you were a player? I remember thinking two things. Number one, it couldn't get over fast enough. The week couldn't come to an end fast enough. Nor could it be long enough to possibly, you know, have you feel as prepared as you want to be. And, you know, at some point, uh, it's just a relief that Saturday's here and you're ready to go play. And the fact that it's a night game, I think, you know, creates even more tension for these two teams. We've talked many times on our broadcasts about, you know, sitting around the hotel all day. You still don't sleep well the night before, but you're you're uh, you're ready to go as soon as you wake up, and you <laughs> you have to manage your emotions for for the rest of the day. You know, that's what this this week is sort of a uh, an extended version of that, right? You've got to manage your emotions. You got to do your work to get ready to go. Coach Campbell, the way he talks about it, it's almost like it's just a it's like a a stop along the way. You know, games are a part of the journey together to the part that gets measured publicly with those twelve opportunities. But you know, he he talks about you know, this week about just kind of seeing how they respond to this challenge as if it's no different than the challenge of, uh, you know, getting ready for a practice in the spring or getting ready for a workout session in the winter or the summer. And it's just, it's interesting, his philosophy on it, that this is just kind of a, another step in the journey. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, it's it's true. If you, if you want to win at anything in life, you have to do the little things every single day that it takes to be prepared to succeed when the chips are down and you know as a player uh, I didn't appreciate that as much as I did as a coach when I was coaching high school uh, football but now as somebody who's far enough away from the game that all I get to do is talk about it it's so true and it's funny how uh, in any situation you know the the psychology of the human mind is you have to focus on the positive and you have to focus on uh, when the when those moments of tension come can you just smile and embrace it and, and, you know, get into the flow of the thing? The only way that you do that is by making sure that you've done the work that it takes to be successful on Saturday. And I believe that games aren't won on Saturday. They're won months and years in advance of, of Saturday. Uh, Matt, Matt Campbell believes that same thing, and that's what he's preaching to his guys. What does that mean you can do Saturday? That means that you can step into the moment on Saturday and love the experience and trust your buddy beside you to do the same thing and that he'll do his job. That's the exciting part for these guys because Saturday, uh, generally, when, when you win, if you've done all the work that it takes to, to, uh, to do it, it feels good, but it's really more of a relief. You know, and, yeah. and uh, Mac always used to tell us, celebrate this win tonight and tomorrow we're going back to work. That's how college football is. That's and that's really how life is. You know, um, you rest on any laurel if you if you ever have it. Look at Nick Saban. You know, the guy seems as joyless as they come, but he wins more than anybody, right? But 
it's because he's a he's a uh, he's a relentless preparer, and that's what it takes to to be successful. Well, I don't think that Mark Farley has to develop any kind of crazy rah-rah speech to get his guys ready to play this game any year, and and this year is no different. And last year they did come in and win the football game, and Iowa State played poorly. But I think the the stat that had to stick in your craw like a red-hot chili pepper was <laughs> the 85 offensive plays that they ran compared to 52 for Iowa State. I think, Ben, sometimes, you know, as much as football changes, the more it stays the same. If mm-hmm. you can run if you can run the football and you can stop the run, you're going to win the most mm-hmm. of the time. And Iowa State couldn't do either of those things last year against you and I. Yeah, you and I, you know, after the first couple series of the game, you and I really dominated in the trenches. And when you want to extend the game and, and extend your drives and be in great positions, you got to be in excellent position on second down. you got to have first down productivity. And that starts with being able to consistently run the football and stop the run. And, you know, the strength of this UNI defense, I was talking to Bob Foster, our, our good friend, who uh, we worked with for many, many years on the radio broadcast. And Bob and I were kind of breaking down uh, this week's game. And he made the point to say, this UNI defensive line is really good. And yeah, they lost a great player due to graduation. He's down in the NFL. But they have three dudes and a two-deep that's pretty talented. And so the youth of Iowa State's offensive line is going to be interesting. And I, I can't wait for it, really, because – you know, as an old lineman, what, what do you want but the opportunity to go up against some guys that, number one, have a chip on their shoulder because they, they believe they should have been in your spot that you're in right now. That's the dynamic of this game. And number two, have a lot of skills. They've developed themselves over lots of years in the weight room, and they're ready to play. Bryce Meeker and, and uh, uh, Robbie Garcia, guys that are really getting into that role, playing a lot for the first time, it's going to be really fun to watch them play because uh, I know how well this this Iowa State team prepares offensive linemen, uh, and, and they're going to get better and better and better as the season goes on. You know, you mentioned the youth on the offensive line. No starter on Saturday is going to be in the same spot that he was on opening day last year. Now, Jake Campos is a veteran guy, and Julian Good-Jones moves inside, but you mentioned Tom Manning and, and what he can do, and he's going to be put to the test, and I – you know, I think we saw last year's offensive line get a lot better as the season went on. Can they carry some of that over, even though there are a lot of guys in new positions? Can they carry some of that over into this year because they've been around the program now for a while? Absolutely. And and I think the reason why is because they've been able to evolve so much from an accountability and preparation perspective. If you think back to last season, we had a situation where uh, nobody knew the status of J.P. Filbert. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. By all accounts, J.P. proved himself to not be a reliable guy and, and, uh, and not be a good team player. And I saw it with my own two eyes uh, in a conditioning session that I was at uh, behind closed doors where a guy like that is making everybody else run extra. And at that time, there wasn't a comfort level of, of the leadership of the football team to get in his face and, and shake him around and get him straight. And uh, so, you know, he, he was dismissed from the team. And I think you're going to see five super accountable guys up there. And I think you're going to see five super tough guys up there. They're not going to be perfect on every play. That's just how it works. But, you know, if you can, if you can win 70% of the time as an offensive lineman, you can compete in, in our league. And if you can win 80% of the time, 
you can win in our league. And so those are the kinds of numbers that this group needs to put together. And, you know, we talked about the critical situations and those critical moments. You know, if everybody knows it's a passing situation, you've got to just be that much better uh, in pass protection because a defensive lineman can pin his ears back and come after you. Those are the kinds of situations that I'm excited to see this group take on. And, and uh, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see the added depth of, of the cycle and offensive line over as the season goes on, too. You mentioned something a year ago at this time, which I think was really insightful and lent itself to this year's team. I'm kind of curious about, you know, you mentioned that Tom Manning, it's great to have an offensive coordinator who's also your offensive line coach because he's going to call plays that they can protect and he's not going to get crazy with stuff especially early in the season he's going to keep it fairly simple and do things that he knows that they can protect well and have success with I want you to talk a little bit about that in year two with Tom and also his comfort level because now he's called plays. I mean, he had never done that before last year. He had never been an offensive coordinator. And so last year he took that first step, and there was probably a growth period for for him. We saw the offense after week three really kind of take off and go. But I think there was an adjustment period for Tom. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're exactly right, John. I think uh, I think there was a, a period of growth. And I talked to him for quite a while in the hotel when we were on the road uh, midseason last year down in, in – uh, getting ready to play the Cowboys in Stillwater. And, you know, at that time, we hadn't had any success. You know, we, we, we knocked on the door the week before with Baylor, but let it slip. And But there was starting to be this glimmer of this is how you play. This is what you do. And you could see that it was the flicker of light was starting to come on for everybody. And so, you know, here I am uh, talking to him at the hotel the night before the game. And, by the way, Iowa State's offensive line really played well in that game against a, a very good defensive front. We all know that the fourth quarter got away from the Cyclones. But nobody expected uh, Iowa State to come out and build a huge lead in that ball game. And and so, you know, to, to have uh, a coach who, you know, is trying to find his way and, and to be able to sit there and say, hey, you know what, Coach, I see progress. I see what you're doing. I can tell that it's coming and it's close. It's nice to have that validation because he sees it every day, and he sees it in small increments. But (laughs) you you keep getting punched in the mouth. At some point, uh, you you need something to go well. And At the end of last season, when when Iowa State uh, absolutely demolished Texas Tech, it was uh, a validation of everything that this coaching staff had been working with this team on since they took it over. The next week against West Virginia was was tough because they were just playing a, a more talented football team that had a great game plan. They could never quite recapture that same mojo, especially moving the football on the ground. They're going to have a g- great game plan uh, you know, on, on Saturday to, to protect. Uh, and they've got Jacob Park who, you know, I think – Provided he makes great decisions, gives Iowa State the opportunity to attack the whole field every play. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because I think the ball looks different coming out of Jacob Park's hand than it does a lot of quarterbacks. He mm-hmm. he has a zip on that football, and he can, you know, you could start a play on the left hash, and he can make the throw accurately to the right sideline before the defensive mm-hmm. back can get there. And there aren't many guys that can do that, and he'll do it with confidence. What kind of year – can Jacob Park have? I think Jacob Park can have one of the better years in Iowa State uh, quarterbacking history with the weapons that, uh, that the Cyclones have available. But his year will only be as good as the running game. If Iowa State stands back in an empty backfield and throws it 
40 times a game. He's going to struggle. Uh, every, every quarterback does. We've got to be two-dimensional in order for Jacob Park to really have that great season. A running game takes so much pressure off a quarterback and makes uh, makes the throws just easier every every place on the field. But he's a guy, like you say, that can make that hard throw that most can't. I think coming into next year, provided Jacob stays healthy and, and uh, Iowa State has a complimentary running game this year, people are going to be talking about him uh, playing at the next level. You know, if I was looking for maybe a breakout star on this football team this year, I think my choice would be Hakeem Butler. I'm 5'10", okay, so when I stand next to him, he looks tall no matter what. But I, they, list him at, they list him at 6'6". I swear he's 6'7 or 6'8". The guy is huge. He's gotten much stronger. He's gotten in the weight room and really worked with Rudy Wade to become a strong, physical-looking guy. I mean, he looks like T.O. when you're standing next to him. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen enough of him on the practice field to think, Man, this is a guy that's ready to make, I think, a really big jump from, from his first year playing in it. And we have to remember with him, too, Ben, he was playing basketball not that long ago. He's, only, he's really only been playing football for a few years, and he's getting pretty good at it. And how awesome for him to have Alan Lazard across from him, right? Right. Because <laughs> and, 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 how, and how awesome for the Iowa State offense to have a, a threat of, uh, of equal capability to Allen on the other side where coverages are just kind of a nightmare with those two guys. And then you put in, you know, a couple of speedy, sure-handed guys underneath. And uh, and this is going to be a really potent receiving group. And he was a guy that impressed me a couple years ago. You think about who Iowa State beat for recruiting for Hakeem Butler. And the name that just sticks with me all the time is Houston, right? That great Mm -hmm. Houston team last year, Tom Herman had recruited – Hakeem Butler to to Houston. He said no and came to the Cyclones. That's the caliber of guy that Houston was getting that, you know, people in the state didn't really appreciate, like the scouting and the talent those guys had taken when they were there. So he's going to have a big-time year, I think. we got to touch on the defense, and I think along the defensive line, so many more options right now than a year ago. Some raw options, for sure, but more options, and I think more talent uh, in that group, and we'll see how quickly they can develop. What are your thoughts on the defensive line? So I, I agree with you, and, and I'm really excited for the time when Camilo Tangaboa gets the opportunity to get into this lineup after he's had the chance. You know, he wasn't in camp right away. But uh, as he's able to, to figure things out and, and uh, get worked into the lineup, this is going to be a really big and physical defensive line that can play a lot of different ways. Uh, they've got more versatile guys. A guy like Jamal Johnson, really, really like him. I really liked him last year. I've seen him work extraordinarily hard in the off season. So there's quality depth in there as well that uh, just hasn't been the case in the past. Uh, however, we're, we're still a little bit light in a couple spots. And But Iowa State can attack with different combinations of guys in a different way. And I think next year that group is going to really be special, but it's a huge leap forward this year. Well, one guy that's not light is Ray Lima at at 306 pounds, a good run stuffer who I think that can be an immediate impact on this defense. He still has three years to play, which is an awesome thing for Iowa State. Mm -hmm. But when they talk about him, Eli Rashid, John Haycock, Matt Campbell, they all talk about him as a culture changer. Mm -hmm. I loved visiting with Ray this summer because his personality is he's going to defer to the older guys. He he, He knows he's talented, but he's not coming in saying, I'm going to change the world. He's he's deferring to J.D. Wagner and the older guys as the leaders, 
but his personality really – guys gravitate to him, and, and I think he's got a chance to really impact this football team. I couldn't agree more, and uh, real leaders are the guys that do it quietly first and, and grow into the uh, position of respect, and that's where he comes from. And One of the things I love about uh, Matt Campbell's last couple of recruiting classes, number one, you love when you get quality guys who, who can – really play like Ray in your in your mix. But uh, I think 22 of 25 guys that were on scholarship in this last class played in their high school state championship game. Mm. That's crazy. That's crazy. And so he's bringing in people that know how to win. And when I think back to Coach McCartney and how he built the program when he first got it up to Iowa State, and it took a while, but mm-hmm. he went out and found guys from programs that had been successful, that were accountable, that were smart, that wanted to work hard. I think Matt Campbell's done that, but I think he's even maybe raised the bar from a talent perspective in terms of the kinds of kids that have been recruited into Iowa State uh, in recent history. Rayleigh was a great example of that. All right, last thing for you. I have felt a very positive vibe around the Bergstrom football complex throughout camp, really even dating back to spring ball. It just feels right. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily win you any games, but i got to believe, Ben, that's a pretty good place to start. It is, and, you know, it, the other thing it does is it holds up when things get nasty. I remember being in a locker room uh, and we are trying to build the program, and there was a good vibe initially, but then things went a little bit wrong. And you know, I'll never forget being down at Texas Tech and having one of the, the wide receivers, you know, explode on everybody in the locker room after a disappointing loss and, and calling people out and saying they didn't do this and they didn't do that. When in reality, everybody knew that it was that guy who wasn't going to class, and it was that guy who wasn't accountable to show up on time. It just kills you. And so you have to have the right culture. And I'm going to guess that there will be moments this year where that's tested, right? It just is going to be. But I know that the staff will handle it the right way, and I know that the leaders on the football team will handle it the right way. And that's an evolution. That's the the important evolution, that you have to hold each other accountable. Start with yourself. And then, and then hold others accountable from there. All right, man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I uh, just appreciate you taking some time today. Likewise, John. I can't wait. Can't wait. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks.